Listening Dog Media. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The Athletic. Hello and welcome to the Offside Rule. I'm Kate Borsay and alongside me this week it is the sensational reporter for the Premier League and many more, Lindsay Hooper. Hi, Lindsay. <laughs> Hello. And Sky Sports News' finest, most dedicated anchor in the whole wide world. It's Hayley McQueen. Hi, Hayley. That is absolutely right. Hello. Thank you. It's so dedicated that I'm recording this off a mobile device because I'm having <laughs> technical issues. So apologies in advance if anyone's listening and thinks the quality is not quite up to its usual perfect scratch. I might have started the pod in the same way with all this superlatives, mm. but um, we are recording this in a slightly different way this week. Some mm. BTS knowledge behind the scenes. Lindsay, where are you? I'm in my car. So I have a very busy week of three different football matches. So I'm going to Fulham against Spurs later on so people can work Mm. out when this has been recorded. And I'm just a few streets away from Craven Cottage. And I feel like I'm in a goldfish bowl whereby people walk by and let's face it, lockdown has been pretty boring for a lot of people for a long time. (laughs) This is big news. On a street in Hammersmith, they're telling each other and they're coming around going, what on earth is this girl doing in her car? I love that the wonders of modern technology are so that you yeah. both signed. You know, Hayley, you're on a phone. Lindsay, you're in a car right now. And mm-hmm. I love that this sounds still as good, fingers crossed, and will continue to do so as it always does. So thank you, ladies, for, for putting in the effort. Come rain or shine, come match or no match, house or no house, wherever you are at the moment. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, well, look, coming up on the show this week, as news of hosting dominates the sports pages, there's a bid, isn't there, being 
prepared for the UK and Ireland to host the 2030 World Cup and uh, England. Moreover, Boris Johnson's pledged to step up and stage this summer's Euros, although the FA and UEFA have since knocked that back, by the way. We thought we'd focus on hosting and that will run through as a theme for the whole podcast. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on, we'll be talking about hosting our own tournament. Uh, We'll also be focusing on famous hosting or non-hosting incidents of competitions throughout the years. But first of all, it's time to become hostess ourselves. The Champions League is back and to be fair, so is the Europa League, Man United fans, which means there's no better time to sign up for all the unrivaled coverage at The Athletic. Right now, new subscribers can get a half-price annual subscription that works out less than £1 a week for an entire year. All you have to do is head to theathletic.com slash offside. But hurry, you've only got until the 25th of February. That's theathletic.com slash offside. OK, so topic one, hostesses with the mostesses. <laughs> uh, I'm going to ask each of us, Hayley, Lindsay, myself, Kate, to come up with our dream dinner party to host. We're going to keep it yes. to the rule of six. Now, we don't have to be there necessarily, but, you know, to keep this topical, we're going to keep it to the rule of six and it'll be an outdoor event, OK, bearing in mind the new rules set to come in very shortly. And ladies, I'd like it to be people who are in the headlines or in and around the football news recently. So no old tributes, no one that you've admired for a long time. It needs to be current people at the front of your minds. And that's because if you go back through the many, many archives of the offside rule, you'll actually find a dinner party with people. I think we even went beyond the grave. Do you remember this, girls? <laughs> we, d- I do. we brought a few people back from to life, didn't we? Yes. So we'll have no repetition. This is all current. It's all people we're thinking about right now who've caught headlines or caught the imagination and attention of the footballing world for whatever yes. reason. OK, and, yeah. you know... Every good dinner party host keeps it current. If you've ever got a friend or you've got a colleague who is a master of hosting dinner parties, they always manage to get the people of the moment in and Mm -hmm. and lots of interesting personalities so they can very much react uh, to current affairs right now. Um, This is slightly cruel, of course, because we can't really host dinner parties at the moment. So uh, we'll have to save the guest list for when it's appropriate. But rule of six, outside affair is what we're going to plan for. Hayley, who is first on your list? Okay, so first on my list, um, I do have my six, right? So this is kind of a seventh, but this is just bringing somebody in. If we're allowed, you can tell me I can't. So we need someone to do the food. And because we're going on sort of recent top performers, you've got Norwich, top of the championship. So Delia Smith. Okay, majority oh, shareholder of Norwich. Good idea. Going to, so she's going to be doing the food for us. They're a whopping ten points ahead now, aren't they? So there you go. That's that's my that's my oh. that's my dinner host. As for and, I'm, and mm-hmm. can I just say, and anyone mm-hmm. who's been into the press room at Norwich City ordinarily will know about that banana cake that Delia <laughs> serves up. <laughs> Mark Webber. He goes on about this on Final Score on his reports all the time about that banana cake. And I couldn't believe it until I'd actually tasted it myself. Fantastic. Can't wait to have that again. Yellow bananas, green bananas, Mm. Norwich banana Mm. cake. There we go. Um, So you've got got Delia Smith in there to cook the food. So I think think we could put Delia in a separate socially distanced area and maybe have her as an extra. What about our six? Well, we're going to chuck around various suggestions and then we'll come up with our dream six. Lindsay. One of the one of the men of the moment 
is Jesse Lingard. And the reason I've put him on the list, not only because of his current form, you know, he's on loan at West Ham and he's been doing brilliantly, hasn't he? In five games, scored three goals, assisted two. He's thriving in what seems like any position that David Moyes puts him in. He's played like the false nine. He's, He's played pretty much every attacking midfielder role. So I also thought he's the sort of character you'd want at a party as well I reckon he can pull off the dance moves he'd be all over Mm -hmm. socials getting everyone to do a TikTok (laughs) that sort of thing and I think he'd be just good fun and it would help definitely wouldn't it keep everything down with the kids you know yes exactly I'm actually looking at my suggestions and they don't look very down down with the kids at all so I might have to agree that Jesse's needed Um, I'm going to go Chris Wilder and it was just about a moment last night that sums this guy up of course uh, Sheffield United uh, having a pretty tough season but they did win against Villa last night and I loved that at the end of the game he clenched his fist and he banged it on his heart and he said sometimes it's about what's in there and that is uncoachable And I thought, he's the kind of guy, you want those anecdotes, you want that passion, you want that fire. So Chris Wilder was in my list. (laughs) I'm not sure. Does it sound bad that I'm not sure about wanting to attend a party that Chris Wilder's at? No. I I just, I'm not sure. Would you pay the big bucks for a dinner party if it was Chris Wilder? Or would you pay big bucks if if you said Brenda Rogers going to be there with Stephen Gerrard? I've picked these two (laughs) because I just think... (laughs) The two of them together in the relationship, I think, would be really interesting. And I think they do fit our category because look at what Leicester have achieved. And Brendan, you know, look at where they are in the Premier League right now. So he deserved to be there celebrating. And Stephen Gerrard, well, he's going to need a bit of a pick-me-up, was sent off in the week, wasn't he? Um, After arguing with the referee, was shown the red card, sent to the stands, might actually not be able to be um, lifting the trophy for Rangers. Could potentially even be in an old firm game and he would not be on the sidelines. So he definitely needs a bit of a pick-me-up, but I think it would be really interesting to get these two former Liverpool and um, of course rivals in the Scottish Premiership as well together to see how that dynamic works. Mm, Who else have you got, Lindsay? Well, I see what Haley's doing here. She's wanting to see sparks fly and see how people react to each other for various reasons. Now, I think it would be quite harmonious. Uh, you know, Stephen Gerrard used to be Brendan Rodgers' captain at Liverpool. Um, I think they get on pretty well. That wouldn't be the case with this duo. Apparently but I... not. Appa- apparently not. <gasps> oh. Oh, this is new information. I know. Okay, well, let's keep them in then because I want to watch that. (laughs) I would also like to watch Gareth Bale and Zinedine Zidane. I think all Spurs fans... Oh, my God, you're glutton for punishment. But but then what about stony silences around the dinner table, Lindsay? No, because around the world, we want some answers. Gareth Bale, after that performance against Burnley, has shown that it's still there. He's on loan from Real Madrid, wasn't getting a look in for like nearly two years, all the the accusations of preferring to play golf, Zinedine Zidane being pretty vocal about him. Get them around the same dinner table and let's work out, is that loan deal going to be extended? Is Gareth Bale going to stay in North London? What was your issue? What was your beef with him, Zidane? I'd, look, I'd like to know all of those answers. It's going to turn into a therapy session and you actually wouldn't be able to tell either of them 
that the other one was going. It would have to be one of those setups. Oh yeah, it? yeah, yeah, you yeah. You couldn't you know. know. They wouldn't. And turn then they up, just, they? you know, they just walk into the room and they think, "What the hell's going on here?" And um, I have decided because we don't know how long Sergio Aguero is going to be at City, do we? We know his contract expires on June the thirtieth. No indication that's going to be extended. So we can pretty much read into that that he may be off in the summer, uh, specifically to Barcelona. If you're on. Laporta wins the presidential election at the end of this week. So I'm adding in Sergio Aguero because we can't let him leave English football without inviting him to a dinner party. Um, I don't know how chatty and vocal he'd be, but I'm well, interested Well, the thing that you'd need is you'd, you'd need another placemat setting because you'd need a translator because despite yes, how know, long he's I'm been in England... The language he of still food. doesn't really speak much English. Yeah, well, I've, okay. done, I've done an interview Plus, with him in English at the Etihad, and it was okay. <laughs> it was okay. Um, it was a landmark occasion for him. I can't remember what what many landmark he'd reached, but um, yes, it was limited. So I think okay. after all this time in England, you would need a translator there. Okay, fine. All right, Hayley McQueen. Who else have you got? Okay, I have got. Three that are all kind of interlinked. And the man that links them is Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Who wouldn't want a dinner party without Zlatan Ibrahimovic? I mean, come on. Remember that, right? that, that it has to be current, it has to, it has to be relevant currently. Yes. So he's doing really well right now. And have you seen okay. the big headline news this week? I would like to introduce to the dinner table setting <laughs> Romelu Lukaku after the Milan derby. <laughs> yes. There was some crosswords between the two, um, both quite derogatory about each other. Nobody quite knows what was said, but there is absolute beef between these two. Okay. So I would like to bring these no two together. by that beef comment, was there? No, absolutely not. But hilariously, this was something I was going to actually save for our any other business section later, where we talk through some of the stories you might have missed, but I've got to bring it into it because Ibrahimovic has actually spoken out about this, you know, rivalry and, and, and falling out with Lukaku. And he's invited him to a 60-year-old Italian music festival because Ibrahimovic is actually going to perform there. He's singing a duet of the 1970s hit <laughs> Lo Vagabondo with <laughs> Bologna boss Sinisa Mihailovic, I think. It's a five-day event and he told reporters, if Lukaku came to San Remo, I would welcome him. There's no personal problem. What you do on the pitch stays on your pitch. If you want to come, you are welcome. So not only would we get to witness these two to see how they actually get on or don't get on and maybe fireworks would be, you know, flying across the table or Delia's banana bread. Um, he would be able to perform as well because he obviously thinks he's got quite the voice. Now, the last person I'm going to throw in here is also linked oh, to Ibrahimovic and this is why I want him here. Can I weigh in with Lukaku? So at the moment, I know that you've got a third person, Haley, in this equation. At the moment, I'm I'm on board with Lukaku and there's a reason for that. He's signed to Jay-Z's label, Rock Nation. So I'm thinking he could bring along oh, yeah. Jay-Z and Beyonce. Um, I'm not so convinced about Zlatan <gasps> because he's, he's very, very me, me, me. He'd hog the limelight at this dinner party. But who's your third one? Okay, so it's not a footballer. And I just couldn't think of a last one, okay? So just let me have this. It was going to be Bruno Fernandes of Manchester United, of course, but I'm going for LeBron James. He's going to just, okay. He um, is an LA Lakers basketballer. 
do they call them? Basketball player. That's it. <laughs> and Ibrahimovic this week has been in the news yet again, criticising LeBron James. Basically, Ibrahimovic just thinks he's the biggest, best, most badass sports person on the planet, doesn't he? And he wants to take anyone else down around him. Um, and he's had beef as well with LeBron James because LeBron is using his 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 status and um, yeah, his 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 following basically to help with um, social injustice and, and and voting rights. And he wants to tackle a lot of these big issues as one of the you know the most recognisable sporting stars on the globe. But Ibrahimovic has come out even though. LeBron James is only trying to help the world, saying it just doesn't look good. He doesn't look good. He shouldn't be saying these things. He should just basically shut up about things that are wrong. Yeah. Goodness me. There you go. I know. um, All these, it's just very exciting. I mean, it's right hand column Daily Mail fodder for us all, isn't it, really? Which. we're not going to have any you know. food left on the table. There's going to be a massive food fight between all these people. So um, I know it's I know it's a bit random, and I was just throwing him in there, but I was just so intrigued about all these kind of um, issues between Ibrahimovic and anybody else that is currently else. doing well. Yeah, okay. I want to feel some go. more love. Come on, we've got go. a lot of confrontation Sorry. going on. We want more. There's not love much in going on in my life, Lindsay. I need scandal. <laughs> I need drama. I need something to be happening. I'm rocking back and forth at home. Just oh, it's awful, isn't it? God, <laughs> Lindsay, have you got any? Let's feel the love options then. Yeah. Feeling the love, um, my love for Gary Cahill this week. I interviewed him twice in three days and just for the hell of it, I thought I'd invite him to a dinner party just to make him feel really (laughs) super uh, paranoid that I might be following him around the place. Um, But he's always a good talker, isn't he, Gary Cahill? He's won every trophy there was was to win at Chelsea, Mm -hmm. now at Palace. I mean... He's probably got a bit of time as well. They're on the beach, aren't they? So he can mm. he can come to the party. I'm sure he would turn up. And then yes. just to cheer someone up and spread a bit of love, after the, the weekend he had last weekend, I'm thinking of inviting Lee Mason, the referee, because oh my God, it was awful, really? wasn't it? It was No, it was a horrid shambles affair, that West Brom Brighton game, and he needs some cheering up. So I thought he could come along. Oh, okay. Okay, charitable. <laughs> um, I've actually added in a women's player here because she is this week's women's football hero and Katrin Berger, the Chelsea goalkeeper. If anyone caught mm. the game, Champions League last 16 tie, it was the first leg Chelsea taking on Atletico Madrid, who were the side, by the way, who've knocked Manchester City out of the competition for the last two years in a row. So stiff competition. But what an amazing game. Okay, so first of all, Chelsea got a player sent off after 12 minutes. That was Sophie Ingle. The uh, subsequent penalty was saved by Berger. Then Chelsea managed to score a couple of goals and then Berger conceded a pen, but then managed to save that one as well. So first leg, Chelsea are 2-0 up. What an eventful game and what a goalkeeping performance there from Anne-Catherine Berger. She's also the player, by the way, um, who was diagnosed with thyroid cancer back in 2017. She recovered with in four months wow. and got back with, with, the, with the gloves on for Birmingham wow. as she was playing for at that time. So she's a pretty inspirational figure. Um, but yeah, if we're going on current stuff, uh, she's my goalkeeping hero this week. Uh, I've got a few other names, but actually I might leave it there, ladies, because I think we have got enough here to come up with our final list of six. Obviously Delia's cooking, so we'll put her in the kitchen. Uh, and let's choose six from the ones we have. Um, I'm going to veto Ibrahimovic too, Lindsay. I think you're right. I think is going to take over affairs um, and I'm with you on Jesse Lingard I think that's a good shout um, you both went for Romelu Lukaku 
So he's guest number two. Who else from what you've heard, ladies? And in fact, I do like the idea of a Rogers and Gerard because I need to know what the issues are between these two, right, I mean, Lynn? if there is any, it's just, you if, know, it could just if, be rumours. If there is any. Who else are we liking from the people who, who we've had so far? Why Am not Wilder? Chris Wilder? Yeah. Oh, just, no, just that's the one keen, I... Were you, Lynn's on that no. one? No. Bail and, Bail and Zidane, Sergio Aguero plus a translator, which is an extra seat, which may be too mm. much of a liability. Mm. Gary Cahill, I'll go for that. I'm sure he's got some nice stories. Um, one, two, three, four, five. So one more guest. Bale, Zidane, Aguero. I'm not going to have Lee Mason or Anne Catherine Berger. Berger. Anne Catherine Berger. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So there's quite a Chelsea connection here. Gerard nearly signed for Chelsea. <laughs> Gary Cahill, right. Lukaku. Fantastic. There we go. So Lingard, Brendan Rodgers, Stephen Gerard, Romelu Lukaku, Gary Cahill, and Catherine Berger are our six. And of course, that's just the the six that we've settled on. But people will have their own passionate thoughts of who they'd have at a dinner party. We all like to play Come Dine With Me, but we're just doing the outside special. So yeah, do get in touch at Offside Rule Pod um, on Twitter and let us know who your six would be. Okay, next up... Let's do some homeschooling, shall we? It's the last week of homeschooling, thank God, before March the 8th. Although knowing my luck, one of my kids' classes will be isolated, won't they? And one of them will be be back in a few days, which will probably make me cry into my cuppa. But anyway, I'll probably miss them when they're gone. So let's go big in this last homeschooling Mm -hmm. week before they go back to class and spin the wheel. Ah, John Burko, <laughs> former House Speaker. Oh, da! Um, he also had, by the way, a really lovely way of calling the MP Peter Bone. Peter Bone! Peter Bone! Peter Bone! There's some hilarious things that you can look up on YouTube. So, yes, this week's homeschool topic is politics, a crucial part of the curriculum, and also something that has, well, has a big role to play, doesn't it, in the hosting of World Cups or European uh, football tournaments. Just this week, Prime Minister Boris Johnson said in an interview of bidding for the World Cup in 2030 that he's very keen to bring football home. There have been plenty of lines swirling around about Britain hosting the Euros this year, stepping in to help, although they've been knocked back somewhat. So let's discuss then, over the years where politics has played a part in World Cup and Euros bids. We'll discuss some, maybe some key ones throughout history. Uh, Who wants to go first with this one? Hayley, should we bring you in? Yeah, okay. I just want to say, though, about 2030, when Bojo said he wants to bring football home, I personally think it's going home too. Argentina and Uruguay. It's it's the centenary of the World Cup and they contested the 1930 final. So they will be launching a joint bid. And I've just got a bit of a funny feeling that that might be where it's going. I think if we're talking about tournament hosting fails, there are some big ones over the years. I mean, people will think that about Qatar that's coming up and the fact that the tournaments had to move to a different time of year just to accommodate it and the political mm. goings on around that one. Um, but if you're talking about failing, you can't really beat Morocco, who've had five 
attempts now to try and host a World Cup. So bear with me, I'm going to run through this because the first attempt was back in 1994. They lost to the US by three votes in that one, which ended up being the smallest margin and probably the closest they've come to hosting uh, the World Cup. And it is just the World Cup that they're interested in because If you actually look into this further, if they were to go to try and host an Olympic Games, for instance, or some other things that show that they've got those hosting capabilities, they might have got a bit further. But bear with me. So 1998, their second round at trying to, to go for the World Cup. It was them and France that remained in the bid. And we all know it went to France. They lost that time by 12 votes to seven. Then bring forward 2010. They decide, actually, we'll go a third time. And many thought that that was going to be the best shot they'd have at it. it. It ended up going to South Africa. They were, alongside South Africa, the only other nation left in it. They lost by 14 votes to 10. I think Chuck Blazer revealed that he was bribed to vote for South Africa in 2010 <laughs> and France in 1998. Jack Warner, we know all these FIFA scandals that came out. Uh, he said that Morocco offered bribes as well, but South Africa's were better. That made me chuckle. Um 2026, which is the bid that they were going for, it was it was really focused on their passion for football, but the US and Mexico won. And there seems to be this joint bidding process, which seems to be favoured at the moment. But within the plans for 2026, which they didn't get, they were teamed... They were deemed too high a risk in three areas, which were stadiums, accommodation, transport. They were set and they were outlined in this bid. 15.8 billion was going to be spent on nine stadiums nationwide. They were going to spend a billion as well on road developments. But no, they get a thumbs down. And then all of the news this week where we've heard about the UK and Republic of Ireland joint bid. We've already heard from Hayley that she thinks this could be a joint one between Argentina and Uruguay. Then you bring in Morocco again. And what they were going to be was lined up alongside Spain and Portugal to be a joint bid. And many people thought this was their best chance. You know, they've had four knockbacks now. What they need to do is rather than take on the whole responsibility is share it out. But in the last week or so, Spain and Portugal have dumped Morocco off the bid. So it's a fifth time. Bless them. They're just not having much success. No. We can't really talk about failed bids for major football tournaments and not talk about the England 2018 bid, can we? It goes down in history, this one. And there's two different sides to it. One is the side that says England were arrogant in thinking that they would host it and that everyone would want them to host it. The other side is corruption, particularly amongst the executive committee, the ex-co at FIFA. And actually, interestingly enough, that ex-co is no longer responsible for the selection of who gets the tournament they they don't form the main part of the decision now each single federation has a single vote and the vote is a is a matter of public record whereas if you go back to 2018 and more specifically 2010 when England bid for 2018 and um, all the votes were kept secret and actually even to this day we don't know who one of 
the two bids, this solitary two bids out of 22 votes that England ended up receiving. We don't know who actually gave England that. But, you know, it was a star-studded affair. I'm sure we can all remember, not just the board, of course, that was headed up by Lord Treesman, chairman of the FA, remember him. Um, but there was also people involved like Sebastian Coe. Um, the bid had the support of Prince William, famously, David Beckham, John Barnes. The England managers were both there at the time, Fabio Capello and Hope Powell. Peter Kenyon was involved, chief exec at Chelsea at that time, Gordon Taylor. Star-studded names, an amazing campaign by all accounts, a 300-page dossier on why England should be the host of the World Cup in 2018. And they went into Zurich, which is uh, where the um, voting took place, quite quite confident. I think some were confident and some weren't. But already by then, there were lots of rumours swirling around about how some of the ex-co, the executive committee members, had uh, had been bribed or were perhaps bribable. But, but also countries, federations colluding with each other. So if you give me a vote, then I'll give you a vote. And there was a bit of that going on. What really caused a lot of controversy was that Panorama documentary that came out the night before. And there was a Sunday Times investigation as well. And that Panorama documentary, which looked into several of the F, uh, of the XK members, was so revelatory. I mean, it, it basically exposed so much. And it apparently, according to some, and there are different opinions, according to some, it did annoy, particularly Set Blatter, by the way, but annoyed um, a lot of the different members of the XCO. So... Whether, whether it was kind of long term that they weren't going to go for England or it was short term, whatever happened, it came out with England receiving two out of 22 votes from the FIFA Executive Committee. One of the votes obviously tied uh, to us with our with our representation in that exco as well. So it was a complete <laughs> and utter failure. Fail. I was. It feels like the some... Eurovision Song Contest all over again. Yeah, well, yes, just so God. much hope completely dashed. I was reading mm-hmm. up a couple of write-ups and there's a brilliant one on The Athletic, actually. And it uh, basically recounts the, the the night in Zurich before the vote. And it says that Prince William, Dave Cameron, Prime Minister, and David Beckham went on a charm offensive amongst ex-co members at the Hotel <laughs> Beur du Lac. One source recalls the experience as the speed dating night from hell. <laughs> And interestingly, of those 22 executive committee members, only seven haven't since faced criminal charges or been banned by football's world governing body. So that really paints the picture, doesn't it? Um, Yes, I don't think England perhaps conducted themselves in a brilliant way, but also what a corrupt system that's now thankfully long gone. And of course, if we're talking about bids, maybe everybody should take a little bit of a note from France because... They have hosted it twice, haven't they? They've, they've, they have a hundred percent record every time. It's like we will apply for something, we will get it, and that is exactly <laughs> what happens to France. Allez le bleu. Let's move on to the third topic then. Okay, let's head into the third topic then. And this is really about how we think we might be able to do a better job than any of the home nations have done so far in hosting major major competitions. Or indeed, if we were to propose a major tournament, how would it be constructed? Where would it be staged? Have we got some different alternative ideas and suggestions as to the ultimate football tournament? Lindsay, you're normally really good at these for off-the-wall ideas, some of which are great, some of which... uh, (laughs) can be resigned to a footnote. Uh, But please tell me you've been thinking long and hard about this one. 
Oh, I have, but not so off the wall. This has been very well thought through, Kate, I'll have you know. Um, You and I, we went on a road trip around Canada for the Women's World Cup in 2015. And it is still to this day one of the favourite tournaments I've ever attended. And I think I enjoyed watching that Women's World Cup so much I'm going to go with Canada, but with a few amendments. So we're going to ditch Moncton and Edmonton. Those were two locations on the list for the Women's World Cup that we weren't so keen on. (laughs) And I'm going to replace those with Toronto, which we didn't go to, and Calgary. Um, So they're going to come in as as extra locations alongside your Ottawa's and your Vancouver's, which we loved, didn't we? Um, So, yes, we'll put those in. Montreal, very nice. And then we're going to give a bye to a few teams and this is just person it's my tournament so it's my personal selection so I'm going to let England in for for no qualification along with Colombia who Hayley mentioned earlier because I love their fans one of my favourite memories as well was at the American Art watching Colombia and the fans were fanatical about it I just love being amongst them so I wanted to have them there I'm going to let Scotland in because it might be their only way Uh, Japan um, Australia and Iceland because I love the who. Um, so those are my teams <laughs> that I'm giving I'm giving a bye to um, for various different reasons. The Japanese they always you know when they show you those pictures of how they've left the dressing room absolutely spotless afterwards. They're just so tidy and so respectful. And then Australia started to come through um, a lot a lot better players, a lot more players that we've seen from Australia in the Premier League. So I thought right. That's it. That's my little group that I'll give a bye to. Everyone else has to qualify the proper way. Opening ceremony. The hosts are going to be Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Oh, <laughs> I just thought, why not? about introducing yeah. them? Yeah, because mm. now they're involved in football. Why not have them hosting it? Performance at the, uh, the opening show, Celine Dion. She's Canadian. The mascot would be a beaver, just what I thought of. And then... I was also thinking about about drinks. Um, When we went to the Brazil World Cup, when we were in Rio, it was all about the caipirinhas, wasn't it? And I thought, could we get, because I I love a cocktail. And again, it's my tournament. I want cocktails. I know that they're more beer drinkers, but I'm I'm going down the cocktail route. And they're cocktails with a little bit of spice. Cedar Sour or the Perfect Caesar are two Canadian cocktails, which I like the look of. So that would be the drinks of choice. And finally, and this is where I've bowed out a little bit and I lost my energy and gump for it because I was trying to think of the kits and who could be the designer when we had Team GB and Stella McCartney designed oh, yeah. designed the kits. And the only that thing I could come up yeah. with was was uh, Canada Goose. It might be a bit hot, oh. but that's yeah, it. Yeah, with all those with all those goose feathers, bird feathers going on. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm going to chip in with mine. It, it it isn't it isn't as well thought out in terms of the detail, but it is definitely a concept. Okay, so it's called the Tournament of the Decade. Why is oh. it called the Tournament of the Decade? It's because in every team, so every eleven selected, you must have two players from each decade okay now that means from age 10 to age 20 age 20 to 30 30 to 40 40 to 50 50 to 60 so so five different age decades okay you need two players plus a goalie as well all right so the everyone's gonna have their goalie in this everyone yes i just say everyone's gonna have their goalie from the the oldest age group (laughs) well actually the goalie doesn't doesn't need to fit that it's just the just the 10 
uh, outfield players who have to fit that, and then you've got the goalie on top because I couldn't make that work for the for the oh, figures. But oh, the, okay, but, okay. But the point of this... <laughs> well, you're in charge. It's fine. Yes, 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 I am. Uh, the point of this is that everyone gets a go. Wouldn't it be amazing to see a 55-year-old footballer up against an 18-year-old footballer? And Maybe the 10-year-old is going <laughs> Well, yes, yes. But it is, age, it is age 10 to age 20. So you can have your two players in your team from any of that decade. You've got to make up your squad as well, of course. Um, but this will be a selection headache. It will need a lot of thinking about. But what an amazing thing to see you know, former professional players up against professional players. And I'd also like this tournament, by the way, to mm-hmm. have 10 teams to fit okay. in with the uh, with the whole decade theme. And then we're going to have women's games and also men's games as well. So we're going to have both being played, you know, women's games before the men's or men's after the women's. So women's games and where is this taking place? Or vice versa. I haven't actually thought about that yet, Hoops. Um, I haven't thought about anything at all apart from this concept of tournament of the decade. Um, don't know what you think about that. I obviously need to do a little bit more work on it, but I thought yeah. it would be interesting. I think you'd have a failed bid as it is. Yeah, yeah. I was just. I mean, what because it's too complicated. <laughs> No, you just haven't you haven't thought it through enough, and and I think you you do a bit of a Morocco here. <laughs> but at least you've got but, the most important thing. You've got your you know you've got your you've got your players sorted. It's just everything. There's no infrastructure. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping to sort of wow them on the age equality. Well, okay, else. you've had your go now. Can okay. we hear from Haley? Well, we, we've given you okay. Giving you your chance. Can win a bid. So can I. Well, okay. Mine, mine is um. Slightly quirky. Um, it's definitely a concept. This is called the Sports Cup. It's going to be held in the Bahamas, Nassau in the Bahamas, nice. because because why not? Why <laughs> not? Um, and this is a football tournament without any footballers. Oh. Okay. Oh. So get this sports team, battle it out in a seven-a-side football tournament made up of different sports. So the best in the world the best seven tennis players, the best seven NFL players, the world's leading seven golfers, the best current NBA stars. So you'd have like Roger Federer going up against Drew Brees. You'd have Steph Curry going up against Virat Kohli, okay? You'd have, (laughs) and we can, it's mixed. So you've got Serena Williams potentially playing football against uh, Rory McIlroy. So you'd have your seven starters, obviously, you'd, you'd probably have a squad of 10 um, and you'd have your substitutions. I haven't actually thought about exactly the seven aside, how it's going to work, but five just wasn't enough. Had to be seven. Basically, the biggest names in world sport all descend on the Bahamas. Everyone's there for a party and they all battle it out against each other on a football It's a pitch. tournament I'd like to report on and cover, I think. Yes, that, um, that's exactly why I've created it. I think I, this is the result of too much time at home yeah. on your own. Well, the thing I would say about both of yours is that is that the standard matter. of football it's is going to be questionable. Entertainment. It's the entertainment value. And speaking of which, because it's me and I'm allowed to decide this tournament, Brittany, she deserves a big concert. She's going to be there. <laughs> She's not allowed the crowd. She's allowed. Well, she You'll she will lucky. be by then. She will be by then. She'll be out of that conservatorship and her, her, her dad will be banished. He will not be allowed to set foot in the Bahamas in Nassau. I will make sure of it. 
Okay. Okay. Well, you know, I think I think in terms of you know doing it for all the right reasons, you know, me for <laughs> me for age equality, Haley for uh, just it being a fantastic party. Mm-hmm. That's good. We, sh- we should probably give the award to Lindsay for just thinking about this topic yeah, in as much detail. Yeah. And there as I was thinking that I'd let myself down on, on the kit front with Canada Goose. But actually, if I'd have known how much work you two had put in, I didn't need to do as much. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Well, something, something that isn't a complete waste of time. Any other business that's coming up next. Okay, time for any other business then. The smaller stories that may have gone under the radar over the last week or so. Who wants to get us started? Lindsay Hooper, let's go with you. Just slightly over a week or so, because if you remember, we dedicated all of our AOB last week to to Hayley having a chat uh, about Gordon and and everything that's been going on there with your family. And I really hope that you've continued to get those lovely messages. I know they meant a lot to to your dad, Hayley. Um, But one of the things that that had happened just before then was that the brand new all or nothing documentary was announced and it's Juventus. I can't wait to see this. So you get to go behind the scenes and see Ronaldo, what's going on there. I really want, I really want to know more about Syria behind the scenes and the fact that Juventus have been on this incredible record, but they might not Mm. actually win. Uh, this season had they so next next time and when they start shooting I don't know whether the cameras are in there already or whether it begins next season but it should be a very interesting watch now we did skip over any other business last week as we said because we had had a lot to chat to Hayley about but I did want to resurrect this one because it it happened kind of pretty much a week ago and I can't let it go Um, I don't know if you caught Jaden Sancho going full-on Steve McLaren but the German version after helping Dortmund win 4-0 over Schalke in their derby fixture yes it was a week and a bit ago but we need to replay this just because we all need this right now I knew today that um, it was a big one for the fans especially because they can't celebrate it with us you know, I had to show it over the camera that, you know, it was very important for us. And I'm very happy and delighted for the win. And, you know, we just have to carry on this form and on to the next game. The only question that I have really for Jaden Sancho is where's our lad from South East London gone? Because uh, he uh, appears to have uh, to have emigrated <laughs> towards Germany in every sense of the word. I just love that indeed. Um, have you guys ever been caught up in the situation where you've started talking more like the person you're speaking to? Yeah, I, I've done that. I bet, yeah. I bet when you go home, you sound more sort of, well, wolvesy, don't you, Lindsay? Yes, yeah. <laughs> you different, a bit more it's the only way my, like... my dad understands me is if, mm-hmm. I, if I start speaking a bit more like that, I, I. Um, <laughs> so yes I do understand that and I, I am one of those people not as bad as one of my best friends who wherever we've been on holiday together at whatever part of the world tends to speak English but with that accent so we've been in Spain where she's been ordering orange juices and aranya, <laughs> and then in, in, in French uh, she'd be like can I have an orange juice please um, so <laughs> It does make me laugh. I'm not that bad. I don't know where she was from that time. Mm. Uh, All right, uh, Hayley, what have you got for us? Okay, um, mine was the Instagram 
post, the live story that was not ever meant to be a live Instagram post from Manchester United's account with all of its millions of followers during the Man United Crystal Palace game. Um, yeah, 37,000 people tuned in to... That's because they didn't want to watch the match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They tuned in to, to see or hear the phone in someone's pocket. It sounded like the beacons of the microwave, the kettle was <laughs> boiling in the background. I love uh, someone's reply here. It said, well, still got more views than that time when the Premier League <laughs> tried to charge £15 for the West Brom v Burnley game. <laughs> there you go. Great. Fantastic. Um, I, Lindsay, what else have you got? This made me chuckle because the, there must be many cases of this that happen in football and, and, and many different um, areas around the world whereby someone has the same name as someone else and gets invites and things. This this is Tom Holmes. He said, my name is Tom Holmes and I work for Reading Football Club. I often get confused with the Tom Holmes who plays for Reading Football Club. I've had oh. emails, appearance requests. I once got invited to a barbecue at Anton Ferdinand's house. <laughs> and I was just thinking, how much fun do I you have, have with gone. this? I don't know whether you've spotted this, girls. Um, it was only a couple of days ago, but a lot of, of clubs deleted the animals from their badges. I think this is such a yes. good initiative. And it's really called World was. Without Nature. Um, and it's all to do with the WWF um, campaign to try and get people to imagine the world without animals in it because that could be a reality one day if we keep taking mm. over the planet like we do. Um, so, of course, my wolves, they got rid of the, the wolf in their badge, but many, many teams did it. And I think it's so powerful. I don't know about you, but it, it really strikes a chord with me when, when you see that imagery that you're so used to seeing whether it be a cockerel or whether it be a, a bear or whatever is in your logo when it's not there it it just isn't the same yeah what a nice thing to do Lindsay and you're absolutely right about it being visual but a visual cue um, for an impact okay ladies well that is it for today's show I hope if you've been listening to this you've enjoyed the extent of our hosting skills don't forget to tell us who's in your dream rule of six uh, dinner party that you're going to host as well and you can get in touch with us at Offside Rule Pod on Twitter and on Insta don't forget the website too OffsideRulePodcast.com um, loads of fresh content goes up there every single week uh, there's a brand new feature called Whatever Happened To I think I mentioned it last week where we look back at some of those some of the players we all remember from the last decade or so and I love these them, pl yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah plus there's loads of roundups there as well some really interesting content um, now weekend action Lindsay you are at the football tonight we know that and then what happens at, at the weekend for you I'm at Villa Wolves on Saturday uh, which is a 5.30pm kickoff. no Jack oh, Grealish tasty. for them but no Jimenez still for us. So we're struggling in front of goal, aren't we? Um, and then on Sunday, it's a prime video match, uh, 12 o'clock kickoff, huge at the bottom of the table, West Brom host Newcastle. Looking forward to that mm. one. Again, both both very tasty fixtures. Hayley, when, when are you back on Sky Sports GT? Yeah, so doing studio work again, but I'm in at the weekend, but I'm actually presenting Sportsline all of Saturday night on Sky News. So doing the sport on Sky News. And of course, we have different news access rights to footage so we can show sometimes a little bit more than yeah, Sky can. Sports News, which is which is great, although we're not on for as, uh, as long. It's just sort of bulletins, but it's a, a little bit different get more involved with the producer as well so yeah something something fun to do especially on a weekend at the heart of all the action there you go well from Hayley on her phone from Lindsay in her mm. car and me and my usual little office we bid you all goodbye until next time 
You've been listening to The Offside Rule, part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Keep up to date with everything Offside at offsiderulepodcast.com and by following at offsiderulepod on Twitter and Insta. Check out all of The Athletic's football podcasts on Apple, Spotify and all the usual places or listen ad-free on The Athletic app. The Offside Rule is a Muddy Knees Media production. The Athletic. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply.